Welcome to Rugby World Cup today here on SENZ, brought to you by Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Thursday night, as we continue to inch closer and closer to the quarterfinals action, just three more sleeps until Wales vs Argentina gets us underway on Sunday morning. And fair to say the excitement levels are continuing to build. Have you made your mind up as to who will win these four games? It's funny, everyone I talk to seems to have at least one different outcome in their picks. Whether that be France to beat South Africa, Fiji to beat England's been popular, fewer tipping Argentina to pull off the upset against Wales, and then of course there's still a section of the nation that believes the Irish will continue that impressive winning streak. I for one certainly hope that is not the case, and I'm well and truly of the view that All Blacks will get the job done, but I'd love to hear your predictions 0800 150 or text them through to double eight double three throughout the show and I'll be sure to chuck those in. Thursday morning 5am the All Blacks team is set to be named for this game against Ireland. Ireland of course went a day earlier and they've named their team this morning. I've long thought it'd be great if every side named their team on the same day nice and early in the week much like they do in the NRL would make things a whole lot easier. A bit of a team naming Tuesday or something similar. But hey, it is what it is. Island coach Andy Farrell, he's rolled out the same starting 15 for this game. So it's good news for them on the injury front. There was so much speculation this week. Being the case of Mac Hansen and James Lowe, they might have been ruled out. That is not to be. And as an All Blacks fan, I'm actually glad to see their best starting side out there. We want to see the best of the best going at it and no excuses if we are to beat them. In terms of the bench, Ireland have made two changes there with bruising second row James Ryan ruled out. Leinster fullback Jimmy O'Brien comes on to cover the outside backs. And a little fun fact for you, if he's used off the bench, Connor Murray will pass Brian O'Driscoll and Paul O'Connell for the most Rugby World Cup games for Ireland with 18. But overnight, following the team naming the Irish-fronted media, and we have a number of clips here for you to dissect with Coach Andy Farrell and star first five Johnny Sexton kicking us off I almost said coach Owen Farrell there of course but the first question that was put to them do the All Blacks still have an aura about them given their recent track record against us having won four of the last six games here's Andy Farrell's response I don't, I don't think we think too much about it because it's just about the here and now and what's going on in the past is, is irrelevant to us this week we, we're just trying to get better as a team and so are they and uh, rolling in the competition, so um, I suppose what would be um, at the forefront, hopefully, of, of, of both um, uh, both teams is, is the, the mutual respect of um, uh, where both teams are sitting right now. But at the same time, the competition is is, is, is where it should be for a quarter final. I'm sure about that. Johnny Sexton, of course, he will line up in an Irish jersey for the 15th time against the All Blacks on Sunday. So much has been made around the importance of his game and just how well he is playing at the moment. He was asked what personal satisfaction he would take from sending the All Blacks home from the World Cup, given the history between these two sides. Again, I haven't thought once about, personally, what, what the game means. It's all about the team and progressing in the, in the competition. That's all we're, we're thinking about. It's not about... Anything personal, you know. I've had some great battles against New Zealand over the years with with Ireland and the Lions. And um, what you learn is every game is is as tough as the last, no matter what the result. And that's what we're preparing for. We're preparing for the toughest game we've we've ever faced. And uh, we're trying to put ourselves in the frame of mind that we're going to be ready for it. 
Another big talking point this week has been that mental hurdle or possible mental hurdle of the Irish having never made it past the quarterfinal stage. Here's what Johnny Sexton had to say about that. Well, we, we, we worked on our mental game for the last four years. Um, we've put ourselves in different scenarios um, over the last four years to prepare for this. Um, you know, but each quarterfinal that we haven't got through or we, when we haven't got through our pool... Um, you know, it's, they've all been different and it's a different group again. So each of those groups lost once. It wasn't the same group losing quarterfinal year after year. Um, so it's, if it was club rugby, it would be, you know, probably a bigger hurdle, but it's a different group. And uh, I don't think we're carrying much baggage. It's a one-off game and we've got to prepare for it now. Interesting, he says there, it's a different group. There's actually 11 survivors from their Rugby World Cup 2019 quarterfinal loss to the All Blacks in this 23. So if we are to get off to a fast start, you wonder, will the Demons start to come flooding back for this side? The Irish team, they always start so well as of late and they've looked pretty unshakable so far. But perhaps if we can apply scoreboard pressure early, maybe some old memories will start to creep into a few minds. The next question was put to the side, has the mood changed in the camp, now we're out of the pool stages and into the knockout stage of the tournament. Um, well, we was in it last week, so um, the, the, it's the same mood. It's the, it's, it's the big boy stuff, isn't it? It's, uh, it's the business of the competition. And, you know, when you get to those um, uh, points within a competition, then you, you draw, hopefully, on good experiences that you've had. And, the experiences that we've put ourselves under in the last uh, three or four years are there for, for moments like this. So we've got a very experienced group that's been through a lot um, and learning to deal with uh, weeks like last week and this week is something that we've got pretty good at. So enjoy all those experiences. The next question asked was an interesting one. It was put to Johnny Sexton and he was asked if winning a World Cup title would be the final string in his bow on what has been an unreal career and does he feel the personal pressure to achieve that milestone of winning a World Cup? Like trying to win a World Cup, it's something to go and get. It's not something that puts pressure on me. Um, it's something that you dream of, um, probably not as a kid because when we were kids we didn't dream of Ireland winning a World Cup uh, where we, I suppose we put ourselves in a position now to, to go and do that um, but it's something to go and get it's not something to be pressured about and I haven't thought about my own career to be honest I'll think about it more when I, when I finish um, but you know it's all geared up towards a, a massive game on Saturday massive challenge for this team the biggest we faced and uh, we're looking forward to it and it was interesting to note, watching this press conference, the journalist that actually asked him that question mentioned that if he was to win a World Cup, he would probably be considered as the best first five in the world. A question that Johnny kind of scrunched his face up to, I'm sure. The likes of your Dan Carter and that would still be high, held in a bit more high regard, but... Jeez, he'd be right up with there, wouldn't he? In the top five, at least, to have ever worn the 10 jersey. So a bit of a personal milestone up for grabs there. Sexton was then asked if he sees any improvement or any Joe Schmidt factor in the way New Zealand are playing at the moment. You can see evidence of, of Joe's um, coaching through the team. You know, I think they've made big strides over the last 12 months. Um, I know they've been a different forwards coach as well from, from when we were there, so... They've made big strides. We, we know that it's uh, a, a very much a different team we're playing against. They've said it themselves, they're a very different team. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a big challenge. Joe knows us well. Um, we know him well, but, you know, we don't. Joe doesn't get to make any tackles or 
uh, run any lines at the weekend. So we just have to worry about the, the players we're playing against and, and not too much about him. But uh, you know, the legacy he left in Irish rugby is, is massive. Um, you know, his record here is outstanding. So we'll look forward to having a beer with him after the game. Next up on the podium to face the media were the duo of Lock Tag Byrne and fullback Hugo Keenan, with the first question being put to them being if their if their recent success against New Zealand has given them confidence heading into this weekend. Uh, I think we'll just take our learnings from, from that experience, you know, and an away series win is in New Zealand hadn't been done before by an Irish side and uh, you know, we'll take confidence from that but a year and a couple of months is a long time in rugby. It's a long time to for a team to fix up what you know the weaknesses that they felt we we probably uh, we overcame on them. And um, I think there'll be a different side come uh, come Saturday. So uh, massively looking forward to the challenge. But uh, yeah, I think we'll take a bit of confidence from that from that tour. Um, but we certainly won't be getting ahead of ourselves. Yeah, certainly will be a new side, new coaching staff, new players in the 23 as well. So exciting times for All Black fans. You just feel like we have come a little way since then, so excited for Sunday morning. They were then asked if there's a different feel in the camp now that it's knockout footy. Yeah, it's obviously an important one, yes. Um, but so was last week, so was the game against South Africa, and so were all the matches in the Six Nations as well. So um, we've been treating all of them as knockout rugby, and... Um, as as um, it's always that that game next that that that's the one that's important. So um, uh, it's a big challenge, but it's exactly where we want to be as well. So we're we're very excited to come into this challenge. Yeah, much the same. I think every week that we go into feels like the biggest game. Um, you know, you're you're playing for for the Irish jersey every week, and you want to put that in a in a good place um, every time you get to put that on. So. Um, it's no different. Um, we've been preparing for for the World Cup for a long time now, and we've had the mentality. You know, Faz has met, given us a mentality that every week is kind of a knockout game for us, and we had to win it. So it's no different this week. Um, much like last week, we had to win that win that win that game to continue on in the in the World Cup, and uh, same goes for this week. So um, yeah, it's a massive game, no doubt. But very much looking forward to it as well. And of course the Irish, they're on an 18-game win streak now, which is extremely impressive. And they were asked what some of the key things behind the scenes have been that have led to this Irish success. Um, I suppose, well, within the national team, I suppose the biggest thing is definitely the environment that has been created for us. Um, you know, we've there's not an area that the backroom staff haven't covered, um, you know, from nutrition, S&C, um, then even just in terms of enjoyment, like it, we've we probably put pressure on ourselves to make sure that we we make sure that the time away from from rugby we enjoy it, um, which creates a great environment. We get on unbelievably well with each other, and we have a great time. And then when we're when, when we go to the we step over the white line, you know, for rugby, everyone's switched on, but everyone still does their work outside of that. So um, I think the environment has definitely been the biggest the biggest thing for us in terms of um, our, our success to, to this point. Um, that would be my point for sure. Yeah, I think exactly what Tide said, but to add to that, I suppose, it's the 33-man squad we have here. It's the many lads who, I suppose, were unlucky to miss out uh, on the squad who were training with us all. Some are lads who have had experiences with the development side um, 
against the Maoris or in South Africa and it's that squad we've been building over the last couple of years as well that everyone's adding to it that we've got great training sessions against each other um, that it's it's always competitive 15 on 15 so I think it's again the environment creates that as well. And the idea that the All Blacks will be seeking revenge for last year's series loss on home soil has been one of the huge talking points in the build-up for this week. So these two lads were asked if they're expecting the All Blacks to be gunning for them and seeking revenge. Yeah, they'll be hugely motivated. Um, I suppose they'll they'll try use those learnings, as Tyg was saying, from, from that campaign. But... Um, again, it's knockout rugby. We're, we're hugely motivated too. I think there's a lot on the line as well. Um, so we're just going to be focusing on what we can control this week, getting our preparation right, training well, recovering well now over the next few days. Ian Foster said earlier in the week he felt this is Ireland's best opportunity so far to win the World Cup. A bit of a shot there from Fozzie. Maybe he's trying to apply a bit of pressure. But Taig Byrne was asked if he agreed with the All Black coach. Well, I suppose that's, that's been our goal for the last four years. Um, you know, we've put ourselves in a position to, to, to win it, but all that matters is Saturday because we lose on Saturday, we're obviously, we're obviously out. So um, I think I genuinely do feel if, if we can get everything right um, between now and Saturday and then put in a, an 80-minute performance, we'll give ourselves every chance of getting through to the next round and then we'll go from there. The Battle of the Boots is expected to be huge on Sunday morning with possession, been going a long way to securing the win. Fullback Keenan was asked if the New Zealand kicking game is something that the back three will need to be aware of. Yeah, definitely. They've got a wide range of kickers, don't they? Between Moanga, Ten, the, the Barretts as well. So there's a lot of variation there. And uh, I think from, from the first game against France, we saw their kicking quality. So yeah, it'll be a real, real challenge. And for me, Geordie Barrett, he's the key name mentioned there. He was at 15 last time we played the Irish in Wellington. Bodie was at 10 and Richie was on the bench. So this is a different setup than what the Irish are used to. Geordie, for me, he's the big difference maker in this all-black backline. His ability to be that third kicking option is going to be crucial in potentially getting us over the line. Next up, New Zealand journalist Ant... Andrew Gordy asked a question on the rivalry between these two sides and if they get along off the field. And this, to me, got the best answer of the day. Yeah. Uh, Ty, I was just wondering, there's been a lot made of this rivalry and the respect between the two teams, but respect doesn't necessarily mean you have to like someone. Would you say that these two teams like each other? Are you friends? Are you mates? <laughs> in what regard? Like, mates off the field? Like, or... Well, like uh, rugby, rugby is one of those games where, when you go onto the field, you go to beat the crap out of each other for eighty minutes, and when you step off it, you're very happy to grab a beer with your with your opposition number and um, you know enjoy the moments afterwards. And it's no different with New Zealand. That happened. Um, you know, one thing I will remember from New Zealand was after the last test, um, and we'd beaten them. Uh, we ran out of beer pretty quickly, and you know the New Zealand New, New Zealand squad were pretty quick to bring in their beer and leave us leave us continue celebrating, and that's just that, that's that's respect too, isn't it? You know, um, off field respect, and uh, be no different on Saturday. We're we're both going to go at each, go at each other for 80 minutes. Um, we'll be very happy to walk into the change room and have a beer with them for sure. 
Great to hear the lads shared their steinies with the Irish. you got to wonder, maybe if it was lion red mother's milk, the boys wouldn't have been so generous. Then finally, the last question was asked if their mindset heading into this game changes due to their recent results against the All Blacks and do they feel more confident of beating us than they may have in the past? Um, I suppose it's you have to build on a bit of the confidence that it's given you, um, I suppose, coming out better in the past, but... Um, like we haven't played them for, for over a year now they'll have improved massively they'll have taken the learnings from those games and they'll, they'll come out gunning for us as well so um, we're just preparing as best we can this weekend um, looking at what they've done in the recent past and in the last couple of games um, to try to get ahead of that and um, just focusing on ourselves then over the next couple of days um, getting ourselves right So there you have it, some insight into the Irish camp. They certainly sound switched on, locked in, and ready to go on Sunday morning, much like our lads did yesterday. Time now for a break. When we come back, we'll get around some news from around the grounds, as well as our breakout performer as well. Welcome to Rugby World Cup today with Surly here on SENZ, brought to you by Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. Time to have a look at the news from around the grounds. And England head coach Steve Borthwick is reportedly set to axe popular first five George Ford from his team to face Fiji. Now Ford, he's been the star of the team in the pool stages for England. He won man of the match in their first two games, but the Telegraph is reporting that Ford will be replaced for this quarterfinal against Fiji on Monday morning. Owen Farrell is apparently expected to start at first five with Marcus Smith handed just his second international start at fullback. Interesting stuff that and keen to hear your opinions there because in my humble opinion I think Ford has been hard done by and I think Farrell's more the problem than him. Jumping across to the news stories that you love to see in Portugal, they've been promised a reward for their heroics at the France 2023 World Cup with Rugby World Cup chairman Bill Beaumont confirming there are plans in place to rework the global test structure to help nations like Portugal, Samoa, Tonga, Uruguay and Georgia be genuine competitors by the 2031 World Cup in the USA. Love that. And certainly Portugal, they're a nation that have earned that right. Geez, they look dangerous and if they can get some high quality opposition in the next few years, that game will only continue to grow. And then finally, it's the gift that keeps on giving, but of course reports out of Japan today that Australia boss Eddie Jones is expected to quit his role with the Wallabies and take over the Japanese national side. Of course, this rumour has been floating around for a while now, and Eddie has gone out of his way to deny this during the World Cup. However, Japanese media outlets are reporting he's expected to take over from Jamie Joseph after having held talks with the Japanese rugby president behind the scenes. So watch this space. Not sure how Eddie is going to talk his way out of this one. But time now for your Breakout Performer, brought to you by Breakout River Meats, 100% Australian meat and proudly supporting Rugby Union. The man set to wear the 15 jersey for England, like I just said, is our Breakout Performer for today, Marcus Smith. His tournament stats so far, 23 runs, 4 clean breaks, 12 defenders beaten, 4 offloads and 2 tries. Could he hold the key to finally unlocking some of England's attacking flair out wide? We'll soon see. Here is him, scoring one of his tries against Chile. Down to the break, England with another opportunity. Marcus Smith 
puts it on the toe. Smith looking for it to sit up. It does so. Marcus Smith. So there he is, Marcus Smith, your breakout performer, brought to you by Breakout River Meats, proud supporters of local independent butchers and the Rugby World Cup. Time now to head to the news. When we come back, we'll be joined by London Irish First Five Jacob Atkins to cast an eye over the quarterfinal matchups and give us a bit of a Northern Hemisphere point of view on the games ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need a girl like you. So if you haven't got any positive to say, don't ask. Welcome back to Rugby World Cup today, brought to you by Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now, and it's a pleasure to welcome into the show Jacob Atkins, one of the great lads who is joining us live from Europe to bring a bit of a Northern Hemisphere perspective to the show. And before we get into this weekend's games, mate, you're based in Italy at the moment, and I know you had reasonably high hopes that Italy could perform better than they have. They were pretty promising in the Six Nations, it was looking all right for them, but then those last two games led to a pretty disappointing finish, so... What's the reaction been like from the local Italians to their performance at the World Cup? Oh, surly. I don't, I don't know if I can start talking about Italy this early in the morning. Man. <laughs> I, I got so I got so emotionally invested in the man. that, that I think that the Six Nations, it's so important that it's competitive with all the teams. And over the last couple of years, the, the growth of Scotland, the, the drop back of England, the growth of Ireland and France has made the tournament fantastic. And, and Italy have been a huge part of that. They've mm. They've pushed their game so far forward and then just to watch it all come crashing down at this tournament in front of you guys, mate, really broke my heart because they've been playing some great stuff for the last uh, the last 18 months, two years. But I think the the stage was just maybe a bit too bright for them at this World Cup. They, they obviously found themselves in a really difficult group, that that has to be said. Yeah. Um, I think if they'd ended up maybe in the Wales or the England pool, it, it could have been a very, very different tournament feel for them. But... Mm. Yeah, it's not not an ideal uh, World Cup, and I think they'll go into a rebuild phase now. Unfortunately, which is sad because I think they were onto a good thing, man. Yeah, it certainly looked like it from over here, but it is quarterfinals time now. North versus South in all four, which is great for banter and bragging rights. Something we both love both me and you, but let's get into the first one. Wales versus Argentina. Wales lose forward. Toby Falatau looks like he's gone for the World Cup, but Dan Bigger, Anscombe, they look like they're good to go, which is huge. They went four from four through pool play. That win against the Wallabies was probably their real highlight, but I'm still trying to work out whether they're a great side or if Aussie just made them look really good. What's your take on Wales so far, mate? Has Gatland turned them around? <laughs> look, I think, I think coming into this tournament, man, the backdrop of the last 18 months of Welsh rugby has been absolutely horrendous, both in terms of poor international form coming into the tournament and then on top of that, the, the well-reported domestic and structural issues in terms of funding and, and organisation of the Welsh game. Um, I think this tournament has already been a massive success for them. Like To win their group unbeaten mm. is something that they'd have bitten your arm off coming into the tournament. And Look, it's a tough one, isn't it? Because I don't know, are Wales in a good spot or have they come out of a really, really poor pool and just managed to get up for a good game against Fiji? Um, I think this quarterfinal matchup for them is pretty much as good as it gets, isn't it? Because Argentina just don't look right at the moment, do they, Surly? I think they've they've really fallen off from where they were at in the last two or three years. Um, I think based on purely on form, 
I think Wales are, are clear favourites in this game. I think that they, they have the confidence. They're in the run of winning games at the moment. Um, but when you look at the squads next to each other, man, Argentina have the better squad of players. Um, so this game for me, I think, is as, as close as it gets to a, a coin flip. But like I said, if I had to pick, if, you, if you're going to force me, I'd probably go Wales purely on form and confidence at this World Cup. Yeah, I tend to agree. And it's interesting, a lot of people, you know, you're saying those Pool A and Pool B quarterfinals are, are probably should have been semifinals. But when you look across at those Pool C and D quarters, they're still really tight games, maybe just not of the same quality, but it is going to be interesting. The second game, and we kind of just alluded to it there, but Ireland versus New Zealand, mate, this is going to be a doozy. I feel like I don't even need to hype it up at all, but there's massive matchups all across the park, two exciting teams to watch. This is going to be some game, isn't it? Mate, I can't wait to watch this game, man. This is the most I've looked forward to a game that my team isn't playing in for a long, long time, man. I, I really can't wait to watch this. I think Ireland so far have clearly been the best team at the tournament. I think they've showed why they are the number one ranked side in the tournament coming in. And for me, it's because they are by far the, the best organised and coached team in the world at the moment. They're definitely not the most talented squad of individual players. I think if you... If you actually look man for man, there's probably three teams in the tournament who you're picking individual guys ahead of some of the island squad. Um, but the, the the clarity, the understanding and the connection that the, the island have um, as a group of players between them is it's like unparalleled, certainly, man. I think it's a credit to, to Farrell and his coaching team. But also, you know, you have to consider that almost all of this island squad comes from one of two clubs and the vast majority of that come from Leinster. So... They, they just they have such good connection and clarity on what they're trying to do. I think you see it one to 15 across the park. They're all totally on the same page. They're so well organized. Um, and that makes them a, a real big challenge for New Zealand this week. Yeah, it does. I mean, I'm sure, I'm oh, sure, man. You go. No, sorry, but I, I'm sure you guys have like you guys have uh, analyzed the New Zealand performances in great detail. Um, but I was just going to say for me, like New Zealand are also coming into form just at the right time. They mm. seem to have gotten the their bad performances out of their system, you know, South Africa before the World Cup, France round one, I think they looked a little bit rusty. Um, they are starting to cook on gas just at the right time. That does actually make this a real good matchup. I think you give me this six weeks ago and I'm probably saying Ireland walk it, but I think it is, it is a proper, proper game now. Yeah, well, you mentioned the All Blacks now coming into form, and yeah, I 100% agree. Where do you reckon the All Blacks should look to target the Irish? They're such a solid team, well-rounded. It looks like they don't get too rattled under pressure. We saw them against South Africa. Like Set-piece wasn't going well, but they just problem-solve on a dime. Are there any areas of weakness that we can look to exploit, or is it just a matter of trying to wear them down for the full 80, and if we're at our best, we can pull it off? Yeah, look, for me, I think there's there's two things I think New Zealand can do to get themselves in, in this game. I think the first, they have to create significant defensive pressure on Ireland's shape. If they're passive and they, they sit back and they let Ireland play the ball at the line, they let Sexton turn the corner into those spaces outside the forward pods, they're going to get pulled apart like Scotland did last week. Mm. Scotland was so passive against Ireland and they just, man, they just ripped them apart because that shape is so good. If they can be, and I do expect New Zealand to do this because in Super Rugby, all the teams show this kind of defence. It's kind of the, the DNA of how you guys defend. If they can be super aggressive and they can create pressure and disrupt the timing of Ireland and get through to Sexton and force him that, that pressure on his inside hip, they can cause Ireland serious problems because I don't think we've actually seen anybody really just go all out 
aggressive line speed and try and disrupt the timing. Too many teams, I think, are, are just happy to let Ireland play the shape in front of them. And... Oh, I think he's dropped out there, Jacob. Hopefully we can grab him back. But that was a great answer. And of course, all week we've been hearing how important line speed is going to be. It just needs to be connected, though. So we've seen teams throw one-out runners at him. Johnny Sexton with time in the pocket. He will pick out runners and he can ball play with the best of them. So that'll be an interesting point. I'm hoping to get Jacob back on the line so we can ask him about his beloved England. I'm not sure he could talk for about 30 minutes about them. So fingers crossed we can get him back in. It's an interesting point he raises, though, around the Irish. They are playing unreal football at the moment. That question keeps coming up they've never lost or they've never won sorry a quarter final if we score early points and get a fast start on them then they could well be rattled and I'd like to see them under pressure I mentioned against South Africa they looked unrattleable but I do think if you can apply scoreboard pressure get off to a fast start then maybe some of those demons from the past might start to come back I believe we've got Jacob now back and he probably tried to jump off before I asked him this next question because it's about his beloved England and fair to say I've hardly been singing from the rooftops about their performances so far but there's a narrative at the moment mate that Ford is going to be the one that gets cut Farrell to 10 Smith to 15 your thoughts on this move and I guess England's style of footy that they've played so far in this World Cup yeah look I've got mixed feelings about the rumoured changes man I think um Farrell doesn't look himself at the moment I think it's a, it's a difficult one I think often we can heap all the all the sort of plaudits on the 10 when the team is going well in attack. Uh, obviously, the 10 and 12 Farrell from last week, but mm. we can heap all the plaudits on them when the team's going well in attack. And then when the team's not going well in attack, it's their fault, they're the problem, they have to change. Um, so I'm not 100% sure how I feel about the move. Um, but Smith coming in at 15, mate, like, look, my notes for this game basically say that unless there's set-piece dominance or ill-discipline from Fiji, I don't see how England get themselves into the game because based on what we've seen, mate, they just they don't run good enough attack shape to, to score tries from phase play. Um, and I think Smith gives them something different. So, so that's what gets me excited about the game. But look, Surly, man, I have to be really honest. I think this game is in Fiji's hands, man. I think if they, if they don't let the occasion get to them and they stay in control of their emotions, they keep... They keep clarity of thought, like I mentioned, set piece goes okay, discipline is good, then I can't see England causing them too many problems, man. Um, and <laughs> I, I'm a bit torn because, like, of course I want England to win. I mean, I'm English, I want, us, I want us to win the World Cup like everyone does. But I also want to see good rugby teams playing good rugby, rewarded for doing so. And I think Fiji, they, they just deserve the opportunity to play in a World Cup semi-final and express themselves because of the the quality of the rugby they've played over the last, you know, over the last couple of weeks at this tournament. And my concern is if England do get over the line in this game, it papers over the cracks of how bad the performances have been for the last 18 months. We don't grow from this. And I, you know, I think long-term for me, I'm almost kind of hoping that England get a hiding this weekend so that we just strip it right back. We reassess where we're at in terms of our game and we look to make wholesale changes moving forward. What do you reckon? Yeah, I'm hoping for that, but just on a, on a level that I'm not <laughs> in, enjoying watching England play at the moment. I do have to put out a disclaimer. I am half English. My mum is from England, but yeah, they're, they're hardly a team that gets bums on seats at the moment for me. A player that did get bums on seats, though, in his appearance was... 
Henry Arundel, the winger, has five tries. Now, there's rumours that there's been a bit of a fight in camp, a bit of fisticuffs with Farrell. Have you heard much about this, mate? I know you're dialed in with some of the English lads. Is there truth to the rumours, or do you think that's just media trying to make up for why he's not getting selected? Because to me, he gives you that X factor and that spark that could lead to set-piece tries, right? Yeah, 100%. I think, um, look, I, full disclosure, I don't know how true the story is, man. Yeah. I think... Um, it, it has to be said, I think the story writes itself a little bit. You've got the, the old senior player that all the English media want dropped. And then you've got the young new kid on the block who's just scored five tries that all the English media want in the team. So the story in terms of the rumour mill, I think, writes itself. Um, if it is true, which, like I've said, I, I, honestly, I don't have a clue if it is or not. Um, for full disclosure, I, I played with Henry for the last two years, two, eight, sort of two, two and a half years. Um, and I don't know Owen personally at all. Um, but if it is true, like Henry is one of the nicest guys I've ever played with, man. Mm. He's a great 20 year old kid. He's, he's obviously got all the skills and the athletic ability, but he's also a fantastic teammate, man. He's got great work rate. He's, he's very respectful. He's, he, um, he's one of the most coachable players I've played with. So I just, I don't see a situation where, he ruffles someone's feathers or or does anything outrageous uh, he's also 20 years old and Owen Farrell is 30 plus in the England captain so if it is true I think probably it's uh, more of an issue with Owen than it is with Henry mate but um you, you know full well I've been calling for this kid to get picked for yeah for as long as this World Cup's been on man I think any other international team is picking this guy um and I mentioned with you a couple of weeks ago when we were chatting I think in English rugby so often we we always find an excuse why we can't pick players. You know, you can't pick him because he doesn't do this. You can't pick him because he can't do this. And we never pick players based on what they can do mm. and then sort of find solutions for their problems around that. And he is the only player in this England team that has genuine world-class game-breaking ability, but we don't pick him because, or defensively, he doesn't get as high as we want. He's not as aggressive as we want. Maybe he's not solid under the high ball. Um, I think if he's a Kiwi man, you boys are picking him and and you, you're letting the, the kind of problems solve themselves on the fly. Yeah, 100%. And he's definitely one of the first names I'd have on the team sheet for sure. The final game, host versus defending champs. The atmosphere is going to be unreal for this game. Some massive matchups all across the park again. I have South Africa winning this one just with Pollard and his boot being the difference. But how do you see it playing out? The French, their quality side, I feel like the kind of... People, they're the favourites going in, but everyone's over here anyway is tipping South Africa. Yeah, I think coming into the tournament, I think France, for me, were definitely the favourites. I think that there's a couple of reasons for that. They're, they're a super battle-hardened team now, man. Um, them and Ireland in Europe, both domestically and in the Six Nations, for the last two or three years, have just been pushing each other to different levels. There have been massive games, both both club games and Six Nations games. So I think they, they're hardened and ready for knockout rugby for sure. Um, and then like you just alluded to, bro, being at home, like Surly, you are over there for the tournament, man. The atmospheres some of these French crowds can create are outrageous. And France are such a momentum and confidence-based team. Like that crowd is absolutely huge for them. I just think it can kick them to another level. Um, I, I think... Like you mentioned, South Africa will feel confident because, geez, for it, like not a lot could have uh, gone worse for for uh, France in terms of their prep for this game, could it? They lost their ten coming into the tournament. I think that's something that gets brushed over too much. You know, yeah. Intermac had been the ten there for the last three years. 
Jalabert's come in and done a great job, but I don't know if we'll see him... The fact that he's not been driving that team for the last three years start to show now that we're in knockout rugby. The DuPont injury, you can't, we can't brush over the fact like he's going to be absolutely massive for how France go at this team. Yes, he's the he's the best player in the world in terms of his own job, but he's also like he's the leader and the heartbeat of this French team. And when he's on form, the Frenchies, man, they just they stand a foot taller. He he drives them around the park, and even though it's pretty much been confirmed that he's been going to be playing man it's going to be a huge test for him mentally to play with an injury like that whether he can be his, his usual self and drive that French team around um, I just my issue for me with South Africa is like France are a super super aggressive and physical defence they run that super aggressive defensive uh, physical defensive system and it can get exposed at times I think we saw the All Blacks a few times open them up with some nice shape and attack I just I don't see where that comes from with South Africa, um, even though they've got a fantastic backline. You know, I said to you a couple of weeks ago, mate. I think they've got the best back three in the world. Yeah, they just they haven't really showed any ability in this tournament to to vary up their attack, change pictures, change direction of play, challenge folds, um, and I think at times like South Africa's obsession with physicality and forward play holds them back. If they come into this game and they think they're just going to beat up France in front of 80,000 French people at their own crowd, man, they, they, they've got something else coming because France will match them physically. Um, for, for me, South Africa have to show more than they've, they've already showed to win this game, even with all the things that have gone wrong for France. 100%. Well, great to have you on, mate. One of the great lads. And if you do like Jacob's insight, you can catch him on What a Lad with myself and Jimmy Marshall each week as well. But cheers for jumping on, lad. And we'll talk again soon. Right, time now for a break. And when we come back, we will have a look ahead to the weekend schedules of games here on SENZ. Welcome back to Rugby World Cup today, brought to you by Kubota. Kubota's in-stock catalogue is out now. I had to jump in before the drop there with old Kesha. Sorry, Jacob, he's heartbroken. But time now for your Rugby World Cup 23 schedule. Look ahead to this weekend's games live on SENZ. Of course, we have that Sunday morning double header with the kickoff from 3.30am. Wales versus Argentina. And then the build-up from 7 for that All Blacks versus Ireland game with Daniel McCarty and Corey Jane. Then Monday morning, we have England taking on Fiji. Build-up for that one is from 3.30 with Sammy Hewitt and Steve Devine and then following that France versus South Africa build up from 7 and kick off at 8. A couple ticks coming through here England will beat Fiji but get smashed the week after. Yeah I think they would play the winner of France South Africa in a semi-final so that's probably a fair shout. Roy Gard or Christie? I'm going with Roy Gard and great interview and listen I think that's in regard to Jacob as well so really appreciate that. But that's us for your Thursday night as always appreciate you tuning in Cheers to Jacob, Brad and Logan as well. And I'll catch you back here same time, same place tomorrow night. We'll have an All Blacks 23. We'll cover off the latest happenings in all things Rugby World Cup here on SENZ. Go well.